This is a Thriving in Ministry podcast brought to you by Daily Pastor. At Daily Pastor, we know that church leaders want to be better equipped for ministry. You need encouragement to not just survive, but thrive in the place where God has called you. Most training and resources don't really prepare church leaders for the challenges they will face. These real-world challenges can make you feel overwhelmed, underprepared, isolated, or burned out. We believe you don't have to face challenges alone. It is why Daily Pastor helps church leaders and volunteers find the encouragement and tools to thrive in ministry. On today's show, we are talking about how to deal with criticism in ministry. There will be times in ministry when you are going to face criticism. Some are warranted and some are not, but we should expect it. So how do we face an unjust critic or personal insults? During this show, we will discuss the keys to keeping your focus on Christ, even when targeted by a critic. Dace, how are you today? And uh, tell me your personal story about criticism. No, I'm, I'm joking. I'm so, sorry. We're not going to put someone on blast, uh, but thanks for joining us today. Hey, happy to be here. Well, I can tell you this. I don't like to be criticized very much. That's for sure. Um, I, you know get angry, cry, break things. Try not to do that. But no, no, well, maybe we can come up with a couple of better solutions than that. When I think of a critic, typically in my life, uh, it has not been done in a loving way. It has not been uh, someone that I really admired. Uh, Usually it was free advice and uh, you get what you pay for, right? Well, I think we both know that the church is a uh, seedbed of free advice. Maybe that's the right word for it. And I'm not talking about from the pulpit. I'm just, it creeps out there. It creeps up from the the chairs or back by the nursery or the kitchen. And uh, yeah, not all of that advice is awesome. And so we do have to, we do have to learn to deal with that. No doubt. Well, actually, you know, you bring, you bring a good point though, Kyle, we're not talking about constructive criticism today. We're not talking about criticism that is done with someone who loves you, wants to see Christ formed in you, wants to see you just charge ahead boldly for Jesus. Not talking about that today. It's the other type. Right. And, and I'm realizing the irony here when we're talking about free advice, uh, because this is a free podcast, right? And we're giving advice. Uh, I think that's really uh, interesting, and and so someone may not be like, yeah, we're turning this off right here, but uh, we're going to push through. Uh, what is some some best advice you can give for dealing with criticism that is that is harsh, mean spirit, or or ill informed? You know, I, I think back to uh, some of the most critical people in my life. Uh, sometimes it was a lack of information, and sometimes it was um, really personal, but. Um, what are what are some of the advice or, or tips that you have for a pastor that is really dealing with a critic right now? Yeah, you bet. And so basically, one of the things we've got to remember at the outset of this is that we have to let um, the scripture and what God calls us to do to be the the driving force to the way that we're going to deal with this. And Romans twelve seventeen. By the way, Romans twelve, the entire chapter is awesome. Uh, just so much daily application there. But 1217 says, repay no one evil for evil, but give thought to do what is honorable in the sight of all. And so the truth of the matter is, is that when we're the subject of some ill-informed advice, something that's mean-spirited or harsh, doesn't have your interests in mind, 
the first thing that we've got to do is we've got to respond in a way that's going to honor Christ and going to honor God. That's how we win at this. Uh, I didn't put it in my notes here, but you know, the words that Jesus talks about repaying no one evil for evil. I mean, that speaks to the heart of this. They said this, it hurts. And so I'm going to say something, my version of what I think needs to be said. I need to put them straight. I need to, you know, that that's really where this whole thing begins. But so for the first, for the tip aspect of it, for pastors and ministry leaders, I think the first thing is for me, pray for God's grace to hold your tongue. Well, and, and this is a little bit off topic here, but uh, on the thought of repaying evil for evil, I know as a uh, young boy with an older brother, there were some times where I really wanted to repay evil for evil. One of my favorite stories was probably 1992, we'll call it, and uh, we're playing Sega Genesis, one of the one of the early consoles. Oh, yeah. And my brother takes the controller, smacks me in the back with it. It hurt. It hurt really bad. But rather than paying evil for evil, you know what I did? Mm. Do you want to guess? Oh, that seems justified to get. But go ahead. I'm sorry. Thank you. No, I I agree. It probably was justified. I took a way more passive aggressive approach that that any eight year old really should take, and I decided to crawl on my my belly all the way from upstairs, slide down the stairs where my mom could see it. And she's like, what is wrong? You know, my brother obviously didn't go tell her. I hit him and uh, didn't pay evil for evil. I just made a scene of it. And, and uh, hey, you know, I'm a little little dramatic like that. Well, I, you know, you're, that's actually, that could work in pastoral ministry too. I mean, when somebody insults us, I mean, it's possible you could grab your chest, you know, and like start to act like you're going to faint maybe. I, you know, maybe that's not what we need to do, but you know, I'd be tempted to do it, but, but probably not the counsel I guess we need to give. Yeah. <laughs> sure. You just, you just work it into next week's sermon, right? Uh, Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, you know, that's another, that's another, this, that's another good example of, yeah. If anybody criticizes you, yeah, just, just use their name and work that into next week's sermon. You know, so-and-so said, I get it. Uh, not not recommending a passive aggressive approach here, but but holding your tongue and your actions. Uh, what are what are points two and three? Yeah, you bet. So reflect, not marinate. So we need to hold our tongue so that we don't lash out in anger, so that we don't dishonor Christ. Because really, there's just a great temptation to sin there. The second thing, though, is we need to reflect on what's being said. As we mentioned earlier, Cal, sometimes criticism is is, is valid. Um, it's justified. And the truth of the matter is sometimes criticism that is even spoken from a wrong heart can be accurate. And that's a hard word, to be honest with you. And my temptation is when somebody says something that I don't like, I think about that. I can replay that in my mind. That's really not helpful, but it is helpful to reflect on it and reflect, you know, when you reflect on it, to evaluate what is being said, try to take the emotion out of it. You know, maybe it's, it it involves that reflection involves going to somebody that's an objective person, a pastor friend. Hey, what do you think about this? Or somebody in a discipleship group, somebody that, you know, you know, this person said this to me, uh, it really doesn't feel good, but what do you see? What do you think? And get that objective, uh, evaluation. Uh, I think that's, I think that's really important. The, The third thing is, and this is also a choice. So it, it's to love that accuser. That accuser may have no love for you, but we know that Jesus calls us to love those that 
that uh, have no love for us. I mean, if Jesus can 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 forgive those that are, were murdering him while he was on the cross and ask God the Father to to forgive his murderers, it's such a minuscule thing for me to make a conscious choice to say, how can I love this person who really doesn't like me or who hates what I'm doing? And you hit on it with uh, the idea of reflection and reflection from a critic. One of my Willisisms is a comment generally hurts in proportion to its truth. So if someone says something and, and it is not, uh, I, I mean, someone could say, Hey Kyle, you're an excellent basketball player. And I'd be like, yeah, okay. No, no, but, but, but in truth, right. Comments hurt generally in proportion to the truth. And so when someone it hits something deep inside of me and it, it feels wrong, it doesn't sit well, it doesn't sit well. That's where I go. Well, maybe there is something there. And so I, I really like what you talk about uh, with reflection and then also loving the accuser. We don't have 2020 spiritual vision. And I think we need to, I think we just have to confess that. I think we've got to have the humility to admit that, that even if you've got, you know, great measures of uh, insight or understanding or wisdom in a particular field, ultimately we still see things with less than 2020 spiritual vision. Dace, why don't you go ahead and share with us the uh, final point of the day? All right. Number four, focus on Christ and who God says that you are. You know, this is so important because we talked earlier about reflecting on the criticism, not marinating on the criticism. Sometimes criticism uh, can do weird things in our heart. We begin to believe things that are not true or not accurate about ourselves or about a situation. And ultimately, our identity has got to be found in who God says we are and what the scripture says about us as a follower of Jesus. We're not perfect. But we serve a Savior who has imputed his righteousness to us. And so the focus has got to be on who God says we are, not who the critic says we are. And then finally, I want to end on this one. This is the final tip. You know, you've got to lead on. You know, as a leader, you're going to be criticized. Not everybody's going to get what you do, they're not going to get what you're about. Sometimes they're not going to understand why you make the decisions that you make. And as a result, you're going to be criticized. That's just a fact of Christian leadership and Christian ministry. But you can't let criticism stop you from doing what God's called you to do. You've got to lead on. I think that's really important. Sometimes, you know, it may be the case that a critic, they say something because they want you to stop. They want you to stop something. But if you're doing it with a right heart before God, you know, you know that this new discipleship program is going to honor God. You know that the training that you're going to go to, taking time out of the office is going to result in, in, in positive uh, change in the organization, uh, the church organization or, or leadership or discipleship, whatever the case may be. If you know that it honors God, I think you need to lead on. Now, leading on might also mean having a few conversations with people, sidebar conversations to maybe take a little extra time and care to explain, hey, here's why I made this decision. Uh, I worked with our, our leaders, our elders, or, or this particular team in the church to, to come to this conclusion. And, you know, sometimes, you know, you can throw out an olive branch there and you can get that critic on your side. And the truth of the matter is, if they're bold enough to tell you what's up, if you can get a person like that to see it from your perspective, they might, that, that, that critic 
might just be, you know, uh, one of your strongest advocates when you're, you're leading in ministry. So yeah, those are just a few things that have helped me when I, when I face criticism and, um, you know, I'll have an opportunity to put some of those to use in the near future. I'm quite certain. Absolutely. Uh, there's always a critic around the corner. Um, and my neighbor would probably be critical of my yard right now. So um, that's, that's okay, <laughs> rightfully so. Comments generally hurt in proportion of the truth. Uh, a couple quick takeaways from me. Point number four, when you said focus on Christ and who God says that you are. I, I know it's a little bit not rudimentary, but but kind of expected for me to say this. It is really important to start with that. I think I probably would have moved that to number one because if we don't have a, a correct view, right, that, that God has put you in a position to make a difference for his kingdom, when we lose sight of that, when we lose focus of that, the critics are everywhere. And, and even people who are not necessarily meaning to be critical, uh, we just filter it through this, this lens where um, what should be an optimistic statement turns very pessimistic. And so uh, I would probably move that one up there. And, and then, like I said, everybody um, is a critic. I would say criticism can be a cancer. But one of the things that I love to do uh, when I was thinking through new thoughts and, and trying to understand, hey, is this good? Critics can really be beneficial for you. Uh, I'm not going to say, yeah. hey, let, let's put it this way. Sometimes it's great to have a critic just to reaffirm what you want to do. So if someone's always negative and you run an idea through them and they go, no, that's awful. You should not do that. Thank you. I'm right on task, right? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, and you know, yeah, that's great. You, you're, you're absolutely right. Number four should, should be number one. I mean, focus on Christ. That's really what it's about, right? Um, that's really what our lives are supposed to be about. And by the way, if everyone thinks that everything you do is awesome, we probably got another problem going on, right? I mean, Jesus said that we're to serve God, not people. And so if you have no critics, um, that might be worth evaluating as well. Uh, because the goal certainly, although we love people and we want to serve people, the goal is always to put God first serve him. And as a result of serving him, people are going to be changed and blessed. Here's how Daily Pastor supports church leaders. First, register your email to get access to our latest content. Second, subscribe to our podcast and follow us on social media. Third, get the encouragement and tools you need. This is a Thriving in Ministry podcast.